Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, g'day. It's Wednesday, and here we are. Better make it quick. The quick version of the show, where you get a guest, and then you get to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. If you've never listened to the show before, g'day. I'm Osher Ginsberg, and this show is called Better Than Yesterday. Something here on this show is here to make your day better than yesterday. That's it. Been here since 2013. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest. Fridays, I'm here with you. Live shows are coming up. Melbourne, 3rd of April, 4 p.m. Brisbane, 22nd of April, 6.30 p.m. Put those times in your calendar. Invite people. Say, look, we're going to go see the podcast. It's going to be great. Be in the same room. Have a chat. It'll be fun. And then we'll go off and have dinner or something. It'll be lovely. Date night. Book the setup, put it in there. I'll let you know as soon as I know when I can tell you about when the tickets go on sale. But I'll I'll keep you in post. I'll keep you posted around that. This Wednesday version of the show is, I guess, it's a way of um, going back over the years and 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 finding episodes that you might have missed. Bree, who works with us here, I, I asked her. So, look, can you go back and you know just find the ones that are interesting to you? And I, I love listening to because I've got my favourites. I love listening to the shows that she picks and listening through her ears as to what she's loving and what she's finding inspiring. And, and it's really great. So yeah, this conversation started in 2013. So we were three years in, 133 episodes in when Julie Stavania was on the show. Now you may be aware of Style Runner, which is a colossal, in fact, the leading online destination for activewear, the most coveted activewear that you can get. But Julie Stevania, she she founded the company and she's fantastic. She was originally from Adelaide. She's based in Sydney. She is a very hardworking, very impressive woman. She's got a lot of grit. I rode my bicycle over to their head offices in, where, where were they at the time? I don't know if they're still there. They were at the, at the back of Alexandria somewhere in Sydney in the kind of industrially district. And... Um, we had the conversation in the middle of our office, which was actually pretty cool. And I asked Julie if fashion had been something that she wanted to pursue early or did she study it at uni or what was the idea behind Style Runner? How was it born? So somehow I thought I'd, I'd be in business and then I actually started a 
Well, actually, I thought I'd be in business in my last couple of years in high school. I was doing pretty good at maths and science and I actually loved those subjects and I just did them not knowing what I wanted to do but you know just you gravitate to the subjects you're good at and my maths teacher said Julie you have to become a, a maths teacher so there's a real shortage of women in in maths and you know you you'd definitely have a job you'd have so much job security because they're looking for diversity and I thought oh I don't really know what I want to do but I didn't ever see myself being a maths teacher but somehow I decided to do a bit more in maths and science so I, my first degree was in a science degree. And I think that was just a bit of her influence. And I actually do love those subjects, but I just couldn't see myself in a career. So I did come back to my business kind of ways. Mm. And then... Was this all still in South Australia? This is all in South Australia, yeah. So Adelaide Uni for my science degree and then I changed to the University of South Australia for my business degree and I majored in marketing. And then I started working for a startup a few years later in London. So I, I was working remotely. I, I just emailed them some suggestions on their site. I was just using it as a consumer. And I was like, I love your site. Like, I mean, when I like something, it's like I'm either a zero or 110. Mm. You know, I'm like, I love your site. It's the best thing I've ever come across. Here are some suggestions. And I would love to see you implement them because just as a consumer, I, I think it would make the experience even what better. What site was it? Um, it's called Mubi, M-U-B-I. And it's like a Netflix for hipsters. So it's streaming film, but it's like foreign film, cult film, indie, it's art house, so cool, so cool. And they implemented those suggestions and they became some of their best used features. They offered me a job. So I ended up working for them for a couple of years. Were you in London already? No, but after a year, I ended up moving there. So, so I you went remotely. over with a job? Yeah, up. yeah. So I worked wow. for them for about a year. Just barely out of any Australian goes over there with a job lined up. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's rare. <laughs> they land with a CV yeah, under their and a, arm and a, and a prayer, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and a ticking working holiday visa that's yeah. about to run out. Yeah. So I started working with a startup, and that's when I had the startup bug. You know, I yeah. loved it, and I probably would have stayed there forever. So I guess my business degree came in handy, but that's like when I kind of moved from a business interest into a startup. And at that stage, I'd definitely become a shopaholic. I'd been, you know, like loving fashion for years and years and years. I was just onto things. Um, yeah, you know, to be on Europe's doorstep. I mean, like, was the situation where you're just eating two-minute noodles because you'd, you know... <laughs> because big parcels of, you yeah. know, kind of fabulous fashion were, was arriving, yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and then while I was um, at this amazing, fabulous startup, I was going to Bikram yoga every day, so five days a week. Loved it. Had my life set, going to Bikram Yoga in the morning, going to my dream job in London. You know, things are really great. But I started to realize that I just couldn't find cool yoga gear. So it was really out of this cool uh, cool yoga gear. It was 39 degrees in there. Yeah, I know. But you know what? Especially after you start to get really- Oh, nice to look at. Okay. Nice to look at, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant cool as in like, <laughs> oh, there's no, no, no. no cool Well, you know, that that's room. what you, you want to stay cooler though. Some fabrics actually do keep you cooler. So that's really? very important in Bikram. Yeah, okay, so absolutely. Hey, so you're in cool Bikram yoga. Cool. You're like, and you're looking around the room and going, I'm in like the fashion capital of the world, yeah. in Europe at least, and bleh, Dagtown. Well, it wasn't so much, you know, kind of what I what other people were wearing because I'm, you know, pretty, you know, okay with whatever anyone wants to wear. But it was more about over time, I felt really great about the results I was seeing. And now I wanted to reward myself and, okay, you know, you've been going five days a week for the last, you know, four weeks, go out and buy something fabulous. And then I went out and I just couldn't find anything. It was very plain, very same, same. Very functional. Very functional. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that. I thought, well, if I want to buy something a little bit fancy, as lots of women love to do in, you know, their everyday shopping, why shouldn't I be able to? So it just 
became a bit of a light bulb moment. Like, I can't believe there's not more variety. I can't believe that there's not a better place to shop for it too, because I had to go to sports stores. Sports stores are really like discounty and warehousey and um, not pleasant shopping experiences. And the women's stuff was always like in a corner or upstairs, you know, kind mm. of like in the worst, you know, sort of section. And it was like all male attendance. So I was just like, I can't believe it's not a better experience. Mm. So that's how the idea was born in a Bikram yoga class, really. <laughs> Between yeah. which pose and which pose? In, in Savasana, for sure. It, it literally, when I had the idea, like, honestly, I can remember it. Yeah, I literally yeah. remember the idea, like having it, and it was just like this, you know, light bulb moment. I think I might have felt a bit like I was levitating. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is definitely going to work. And there you go. Meditation, not just for breathing, apparently. So, once an idea is an idea, right? We've all got ideas. Wouldn't it be great if there was a business that, you know, made pancake flippers, which you could control with your phone? Like, that's a great idea. I'd invest. What happens next? Like, how do you execute the idea? So I wanted to know, how did Julie turn that idea into a reality? A few things. So I went and bought some magazines, some like, you know, women's health and women's fitness type magazines. And I literally just started cutting out all these amazing, beautiful images of cool, you know, girls in the editorial shoots. And I created a big mood board on my wall of uh, like a collage of cool activewear. And I was like, there's some really cool stuff out there because this magazine found it. How come I can't shop like this? But then I did a bit of research. So I looked at how big the market was and I just looked at brands that were already public. You can get their information very easily. So looking at Nike and Adidas and Lululemon was a really standout one for me. So Lululemon at that stage was turning over a billion dollars. It's one B and they were growing at 40% a year. Now, 40% is phenomenal growth for any company, but on a billion, that's huge. And so I thought, wow, (sighs) you know, Lululemon was really well known for a high price point. So there was a lot of women who were happy to spend over $100. That's a lot of women. (laughs) And it was, you know, there was definitely this voracious demand for it. So that kind of gave me some confidence that, you know what? I'm not the only woman who wants to spend a lot on fancy yoga wear. You know, so I kind of looked into some, you know, some of the research side of things, what size Mm. of the market, competition, Etc. And then I really thought, yeah, things stack up. Like this is really, this is doable. Then I, of course, called my family and friends in Australia and kind of shared my thoughts. And then I just registered a domain name, searched for the best name I could, ran it past a few people to get get a bit of you know feedback on which one, which name was so. Style Runner, the first one. Style Runner was yeah the one that wow uh, we all liked the most. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Your rebranding sucks. Yes. Trust me. Definitely, I can imagine. <laughs> so you register this, this domain name. They're Registered not cheap domain. sometimes. Did you have to no. throw some, get some cash together to do that? This one was a bit of a premium one. So yeah. So, you know, you could get like lots of names for like nine ninety five, but this one was a premium domain name. Just my luck. Just the way I gravitate to really expensive things in the <laughs> store. I just happen to gravitate to a really expensive yeah. domain name. But I think it was worth it. I think it's, you know, really important to have a strong brand. So yeah. this domain name cost us around two thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. But I thought it was worth the splurge. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky a lot of people don't have that kind of cash lying around. So mm. that's yeah. saving for the jumper, you see? Yeah. Yeah. Taught you how to do it. That's right. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. So it's not something you could have done from London. It probably is, but I wanted to be back in Australia where I had my family and I had friends and support. You know, I think that when you're getting a new business off the ground, the more 
people you have in your network that can help and support you, the better. So, you know, I knew people in magazines here, um, you know, I just just felt like I could find my way through How did you know those people. people in magazines? How did that come about? Here, I mean, I used to work at ACP back in the day when I first moved ah. to Sydney. I was selling ad space. 54 Park Street? Uh, no, it was here in on O'Reardon Street. So oh, right, not, right. not ACP, sorry. It was... Um, Pacific Mags. Pacific Mags. Right. So you found a way to kind of be around this anyway. In those big <laughs> magazine houses, I mean, yeah. we've all seen Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> uh, how much of that film was kind of close to what you experienced as far as, you know, the fascism around clothing? There's definitely, it was a pretty intimidating environment. So I didn't see any like, you know, major tantrums or things like that, but there was definitely kind of like pecking orders and, you know, don't speak until you're spoken to kind of feeling around the place. Mm. Um, but there were also moments of really exciting privilege where, you know, you would kind of do something really well and you'd be called into the editor's office and they'd be talking to you like you were part of their, you know, sort of yeah. much longer established team. So yeah. that was really exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a pretty fun place to work. Yeah, but it's not the kind years. of place where you can just go, oh, I'm just going to wear jeans and a T-shirt today. <laughs> yeah, no, there was definitely lots of effort in, in what you wore. That's for sure. <laughs> You don't have a company that is as successful as Style Runner. And bear in mind, they were on the other side of the startup phase when I interviewed Julie, but they're, they're just kicking colossal goals. And here we are well, in 2016, we've got five years later, six years later, and they're just thriving. You don't do that without having a consistent pathway and a consistent way of doing things. And and Julie actually has a mantra about how she does business, which, which really fascinates me and You'll hear that on the other side of this ad break because we do need to pay the bills here at the show and um, we need to pay Bree and Andy and Rachel and all the people who make the show with me. So if you might not hear an ad though. If you do, thank you, helping us keep the lights on. But if you don't hear an ad, there might be some lovely music and then we're back with Julie in just a second. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we are uh, halfway through our conversation uh, with the founder and current brand director of Style Runner, Julie Stavania, in the past. Julie has said that done is better than perfect, which I, I really like. A version that I like to use is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. So done is better than perfect. And I, I asked Julie to, to talk me through what that means to her. Well, I have been known to be a bit of a perfectionist and sometimes it still holds me up a little bit. That can stop you from starting. Yeah, it can stop you from starting. And that was something that I had to learn through the process because I was lucky that I love to read. And so I was lucky that I did a lot of reading around the lean startup approach. And 
So I could just kind of... As an Eric Ries book. Yeah. 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 Great book. And there's lots along that sort of line of thinking now. And what I love about it is it basically says, you know, if you're not embarrassed of your first version of your product, you launch too late. You need to just get it out there, learn from what customers like and don't like. Like don't do, you know, a year of research and creating something that you think is perfect and get it out and something doesn't work or you've not hit the mark. So I kind of have read this whole school of thought which actually says don't even try to be perfect. In actual fact, if you get to perfect before you launch, you failed. And that really helped me kind of be okay with putting something out there that was not where I thought was, you know, my standards, but I thought it was great advice. And I do think that perfectionism can hold back rapid progress. And I think in a startup world, I think you do need to make rapid progress. And so I've just learned to be comfortable with things not being at the highest standard, but knowing that you'll continue to improve them along, along the way. Do you feel good about the state of the startup scene in Australia? I think it's definitely getting better. I think what they're doing in Victoria is amazing. They've really got, I think that it's called Startup Vic. They've got some great people championing the startup space there. And I think the tech Sydney scene is starting to try and catch up. So there's lots of momentum. And I think that in a year or two, we're going to have some phenomenal resources and access to politicians, you know, which is really starting to emerge. So I think it's really t- starting to take shape. It's definitely come a long way since when I first started. And so I'm really excited about what the young entrepreneurs of today have access to. But I think hopefully in the next two to three years, Sydney can kind of regain its rank or, you know, sort of climb the ladder of one of the best startup places in the world to start a business. Yeah. I was living in uh, in Venice Beach, California, and that was all very, very exciting. And I thought, well, hang on, I I could really be doing this in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> it's much nicer. Oh, well, I think Sydney... It's a little harder to access capital here, though. That's the only thing. Yes, I know. And unfortunately, what you ha- you know, what you're seeing is things like Atlassian having to go and raise, you know, a billion dollars or whatever it was that they IPO'd for, you know, internationally. I mean, I guess they are bringing a lot of that back to Australia, but it does mean that they've had to shift a lot of their, you know, sort of a lot of companies having to shift mm. and create... HQs outside of Australia. If you want, if you want international capital, you almost definitely have to start an office wherever those investors are, whether it's Silicon Valley or whether it's London, yeah. because we can't access great capital here. Yeah. You started this by yourself, but surely there was some point where no book could help you, where you had to ask someone who'd been here before. What about mentors? I've had lots of informal mentors along the way, but this year I'm really starting to kind of put together a board of, you know, of advisory. So I'm really lucky I guess I just always gravitate to, you know, people who are in similar fields. So when I was looking at capital raising, I just happened to learn that my neighbour upstairs, so there's six apartments in our building, a very small apartment building that I live in. And my neighbour upstairs was like the head of digital e-commerce for JP Morgan. That helps. Things haven't always been rosy, I'm sure. What's it like? What's it like when you have to do like CEO things like fire people? Yeah, yeah, we have had to. And I think it's actually a really important part because, you know, part of being a CEO means you have to look after your team. You know, that's really something that we need to think about. And if someone comes on board and they're not as passionate as the rest of the team or they're not pulling their weight, it's really unfair to the rest of the people who are. Yeah, so tough stuff happens. But I think if you remember who you're here for, and that's both the customers and the team, yeah, you've just got to make those tough calls. Yeah. You kind of remove yourself from it almost. It just has to be done. When you look back at the places you worked at, whether it be the startup in the UK or when yeah. you looked at Pacific, have you created the kind of workplace that you wished you could have been in? 
Um, it's not quite there yet, but uh, hopefully we'll do a few new renovations to this place. I want to at least. Well, I guess what about what I mean culturally as well? Oh, I mean. culturally, but I think it all comes part of it. What the office looks like and feels like is part of it as well. But I think I love the culture here at Star Runner. And it's come with a lot of trial and error over time. It wasn't like day one we opened, we knew exactly what sort of culture we wanted to create. It took, you know, kind of reflecting and kind of going, hey, people not really humming. They're not really loving it. Like, what could we do? And just trying new things all the time. And I think we've always put a lot of attention and focus on, on the culture here. And it's at a place where it's really great. I think probably the last year has been my favorite. And I hope that it just continues to get better. But yeah, it's a very good feeling here. So what, what I love is hearing, like particularly before when we heard Julie talk about done is better than perfect, I, I love hearing people who admit to, you know, perfectionism or, you know, things like this going, look, I could have waited until I had it just how I wanted it, but it would have been five years too late. Well, I just started it and the way it went. I, I, the amount of times we've heard that on this show, that's just how shit gets done. You just start and you'll figure it out. You may have an idea of what the perfection or the, the best, most refined way that the project or thing that you're trying to create or cook or make or live by or whatever looks like. But just because it can't be this perfect execution doesn't mean you shouldn't start or doesn't mean you shouldn't continue. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good on the words of Julie. Done is better than perfect. And look what done is better than perfect has built, like a fucking massive, super successful business and um, a great place to work. <laughs> and that's awesome. I'm so stoked that we had a chance to speak with Julie. Uh, you can find her on, on social media, uh, J-U-L-I-E-S-T-E-V-A-N-A-J-A. She also has just started a, an app. It's called Her Little Black Book, uh, which is pretty cool. Thank you very much for listening. If you need me, find me on Instagram, drop me a message there. Tell your mates because that really, really helps the show. Support on Patreon will be open very, very soon, if not already. I'll see you back here on Friday. Until we speak then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com